Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Shukri Wright, host of the Shukri Wright Show, filling in today from 3 to 5 on 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford. Stay tuned. Get in the system all fired up, and we got two hours of complete smack dab sports talk, including a miracle in the Berg last night that is beginning to become impossible to explain. More on that in just a little bit, but stay tuned for right now. The tunes you're listening to Josie by Steely Dan.
Good afternoon, everybody. This is indeed the Shukri Wright Show, 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford, Tusk, Free Farm Radio. Streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening, thank you for making this show part of your Wednesday afternoon. As I'm filling in today for the Joyce Mobile, she is out today, but she shall be back hopefully next week during the same time. But today I'm here to bring you some special sports talk on a day in which that we're still trying to process what exactly did we witness last night. Even as of right now, none of this makes any sort of sense to me whatsoever. But I'm here to talk about it. I'm here to process what we saw and what we witnessed in the Bruins-Penguins game last night as I am now ready to get rolling and I hope you are too. The phone lines are open. You can call into the program 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. So, how many of you are still asking the question, what happened in Pittsburgh last night? That's really the big question that I'm going to ask you. What happened in Pittsburgh last night? We obviously know that the Bruins came back to win the game 6-5 in overtime on a Hampus Lindholm game-winning goal after being down 5-2 um, and whatnot. But that doesn't really begin to explain what we all witnessed last night. Because going into the second period, although the Bruins got off to a, a pretty lackluster start, allowing Sidney Crosby to score the first goal 30 seconds into the game, It was as if that Halloween came a little later, about 24 hours late for the Boston Bruins, in which there was no treat. It was rather a bag of tricks. And the Pittsburgh Penguins came by and decided that they're going to steal some candy from the Bruins. The reality is, when they fell behind 5-2, I would absolutely admit, that I myself was so frustrated, so angry, that I decided that I I was going to start a Bruins Twitter space last night. I wasn't going to initially. My initial plans was I was going to watch the game like a a normal human being like the rest of everybody else, I think, and basically complain, moan, and groan until the cows came home. And then, little by little, the Bruins inched their way back into this game, but not before Jeremy Swayman, as a result of accidental friendly fire on ice in which Patrice Bergeron slid into the left leg of Jeremy Swayman, he had to be taken out of the game. And that was unfortunate because at first, a lot of us, we can admit, we're probably thinking and assuming the worst. That this guy was going to be out for probably months at a time, have an extended knee, maybe a torn ACL. The worst scenarios were, were coming to mind. I admit it, my, mine too. I was thinking, man, this guy, ooh, the way that knee bent backwards, I said it on Twitter last night, eek. Now, we obviously know that it isn't as bad, but it's still bad enough where he may not play tomorrow night against the New York Rangers in a game that is down in New York exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Now, 
when the Bruins began their comeback, one thing that happened during that comeback that really occurred to me, and I want to talk about this at nauseum here, is, is that when you think about where this team psyche was, you're down 5-2. In the past, let's be honest, we probably think that this team would have mailed it in, count their losses, and just move on. And who would have blamed them? I thought that it wasn't going to be the Bruins' night, but I realized that, that the Boston Bruins were basically playing with house money. They had nothing to lose. They basically said, you know, this would be one hell of a story if they came back. It's, it's really unbelievable. The more that you just think about what the, what the Bruins had to do to get back into this game, the Brad Marchand goal, which was in the later stage of the second period, and then Pavel Zaka, who, let's be honest with ourselves, we didn't really expect a whole lot when he got traded to the Bruins from the New Jersey Devils for Eric Haller. But my God, has he become such an important part of the top six forward group for the, for the Boston Bruins? But did we really anticipate him being this good for this team this quickly? No, not really. He scored it to make it 5-4. It was at 11.59 of the third period. And then we all remember Taylor Hall who scored the equalizer, the tying goal with a minute 17 left in regulation. It's just so shocking that today in Boston, a lot of the local sports talk shows had to start with the Bruins' comeback. And with this team being at 9-1-0, there is very... Little to no reason why there isn't buzz surrounding this Boston Bruins team. Let's be honest with ourselves. And I'll even hold myself to the fire here, ladies and gentlemen. If we went back to September, we're now in November, by the way. It's now November 2nd. If we go back to two months ago, and we were talking about the Bruins in terms of early season prognostications, how many of you would have said or believed that the Bruins would be 9-1 off to their best start in franchise history? How many of you would have would have believed it not many i myself would have been like you're high you need to stop smoking the special stuff there's no way but here we are we're talking about this team off to the best off in the, in the 97 98 season history of the boston bruins a start in which that Linus Olmark has not had a start to a season since Tim Thomas did in 2010-2011, and we Bruin fans know exactly how that season ended. That's how good Linus Omar has been. And what makes this even more surprising when you begin to think about last night? You talk about the heart of this team. You talk about just how good this team was in terms of its resolve in battling back in what has been an early start to the season. And it's been early. Let's be honest, it's been very early. But through 10 games, in a city in which that it thrives off negativity, can we for one moment just stop for just a second and just admit that this team and what this team is doing is shocking the hockey world? 
Because I dare for any damn body in the Boston sports media to tell me that you believe that this team will be on top of the NHL standings come November 2nd with all of the injuries that they've had to battle through. I dare you. I will call you on your absolute horse crap. You're full of it. No one expected this. Nobody expected that the Bruins would be in, in the position that they're in, let alone the balance scoring that they've gotten throughout this season so far. We talk about Taylor Hall. We talk about Pavel Zaka. Brad Marchand is going to do Brad Marchand things. Since he's come back, Brad Marchand has done exactly what Brad Marchand has done best, score, and contribute in other areas as well. But then, also, can we just pause for just one quick moment and admit that there is something brewing with this Boston Bruins? And I'm not trying to use a pun here. I'm not. But there is definitely something brewing with this Bruins team that is becoming harder and harder to explain. I'm not willing to go as far as to say this team is going to win the Stanley Cup. Let's pump the brakes for just a moment. But it's undeniable what's happening with this, with this team. And I'm at a place right now in which that I do think the Bruins got something special. I don't think it's just a lightning in the bottle either. So if you want to talk Bruins with me, your thoughts on last night's game, call into the program at 855 WMFO 855-915-9636 is the number to call in. Coming up next, we got a lot to get into in terms of the game last night. But let's talk about Hampus Lindholm because because if you told me that Hampus Lindholm would be as vital to this team as he has been to begin this season, I would have had a lot of land to sell you. I want to get into Hampus Lindholm, his impact, not just in last night's game, but in terms of the season overall. That and much more, plus your phone calls coming up next here on the Sugar Red Show. You're listening to 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford Tusk Reform Radio. Despite a decades-long drug war, billions of dollars spent, and millions of Americans locked up in prisons, drug use rates have remained relatively constant. Any economist will tell you that as long as there's demand, there will always be entrepreneurs with a supply ready to make a profit. When a drug dealer is busted, it's nothing more than a job opening for someone else to fill. This is Economics 101. Join students for sensible drug policy to help teach lawmakers the simple economics lesson. Visit www.schoolsnotprisons.com to find out more information about SSDP, if there's a chapter at your school, or how to start one. It's time to join the growing opposition to our country's failed war on drugs and start an open, honest, and rational discussion of alternative solutions to our nation's drug problems.
I see the crystal raindrops fall And the beauty of it all Is when the sun comes shining through To make those rainbows in my mind When I think of you sometime And I want to spend some time with you Just the two of us We can make it if we try Look for love, no time for tears Wasted water's all that is And it don't make no flowers grow Good things might come to those who wait But not for those who wait too late We gotta go for all we know Just the two of us We can make it if we try Just the two of us
I hear the crystal raindrops fall on the window down the hall, and it becomes the morning dew. And darling, when the morning comes and I see the morning sun, I wanna be the one with you. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. Building big castles way on high. Just the two of us. You and I. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. Let's get it together, baby. Welcome back to the Sugar Ray Show, 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford Tusk Freeform Radio, streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. We are now one segment into the program, as if you're tuning into the program, you're expecting to hear the voicemobile. Joyce the Voice, she is out today. I'm filling in for her for the next hour and a half until around just about 5 o'clock. That's when I am signing off the airwaves for the day and afternoon, but it's good to be back in the studio to talk sports with you and a bunch of other topics are probably on my mind as well that I will get in, get into as we move through the afternoon. So the number to call in is 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. I am still on an emotional high from last night's Bruins comeback win from 5-2 down to win 6-5 to five in which that they played like horse crap in the second period, and then something clicked during that timeout, and they said that enough is enough, and we're going to just turn on the Jets. And the Bruins did. But one of the big catalysts of last night's win was Hampus Lindholm, and I think that it's really imperative that I spend this this segment is talking about the importance of Lindholm to the Bruins and the kind of start that he's been off to to start the 2022-2023 NHL season. Now, I mentioned this last night on the Twitter space. For those of you that may have missed it, it's on my Twitter at Shukri Writes at S-H-U-K-R-I-W-R-I-G-H-T-S. I mentioned on the Twitter space last night that Hampus Lindholm has the second-best plus-minus rating of any defenseman in the NHL this season. At plus nine, that was entering last night's game. 
Now, with that being said, last night, we know that Lindholm, he had himself quite a game. I mean, he also, he had, what, four points last night? Like a goal and then as well as like the three assists as well, which really is just incredible when you begin to think about what Lindholm has been able to do so far. Overall, Lindholm, he has got 11 points. He's got three goals and eight assists in the first 10 games, and that's the most by a Bruins defenseman since guess who? Ray Bork, the Hall of Famer, in 1995-96, we had 12 points in the team's first 10 games. He had four goals and eight assists for the total of 12 points. We all knew that when Lindholm was acquired, that Lindholm was an offensive defenseman. So we're not surprised by the offensive output, but I do believe that defensemen like Hampus Lindholm are surely benefiting from playing in a system in which that Joe Montgomery is not only encouraging the demon to jump into the offense, but also be able to, you know, create offense as well. And that's what Lindholm has been able to do. I mean, you look at the eight assists, especially three of them last night in the comeback win against the Pittsburgh Penguins in which that I love the fact that he has shown the ability over and over again to create offense, not just only score when he when he picks his spots, but also his ability to generate offense as well. Lindholm, for a variety of different reasons, according to head coach Jim Montgomery, said that he is arguably the most underrated defenseman in the NHL. And that's saying a lot because there's a lot of really damn good defensemen right now across the league, from Kel McCarr to Charlie McAvoy to Adam Fox to Victor Hedman. But Hampus Lindholm may be the most underrated, and I thought that was like, wow, that's, that's really saying something. But we all known for a while that Hampus Lindholm has been one of the better offensive defensemen in the league. That's part of the reason why that the Bruins went out and traded for him last trade deadline last season. So, if you have any thoughts you want to share in regards to Hampus Lindholm's start to the 2022-23 season, call into the program at 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636 is the number to call in. If anything, I just, I just wonder, is Hampus Lindholm still the same player if Bruce Cassidy wasn't fired over the summer and what was a pretty surprising move at the time. Excuse me. Is Hampus Lindholm still the same player? Is he still producing at a same offensive clip that he's been producing so far? My answer to that is no. Because Bruce Cassidy, in his system, it's defense first. Defense first, jump into the play, and, you know, like create, create offensive opportunities and, you know, control the power play. Montgomery, you see guys are jumping at will, showing the ability to score at times. I mean, this is up and down the line. It's not even just a one-line wrecking cool. You got the first line. You got the second line. You, you really have to like what you've seen from the third line with Charlie Coyle and, yes, Nick Foligno. But even the defensemen, from what I've seen so far, Grizzlick, Lindholm, 
I really like what I've seen. Derek Forbert, before he got injured last night, unfortunately he was one of two Bruin players that got injured last night. Forbert, he got injured. He never came back. And as well as um, Jeremy Swayman. But what you're seeing is up and down the lineup, forwards, defensemen, contributing offensively, and it's allowing the guys who are not only open but have the best scoring opportunity to be able to put the puck in the back of that, regardless of whoever it is. Lindholm, on the other hand, you know that he's your number two defenseman. Your number one defenseman, he's still out right now in Charlie McAvoy. It's not a question of can he produce, can he defend it's now a becoming a matter of can he put his game together? And I think that he's that he's really beginning to do that. I think that's super huge because when McAvoy comes back, we all know what McAvoy is capable of. Doors Trophy candidate, finalist, a guy who could who could also score as well, you know, contribute offensively. But he is becoming one of the better shutdown defensemen in the league. It's going to be absolutely incredible to see what a healthy top pairing in Hampus Lindholm and Charlie McAvoy could do when they're both on the ice at the same time. It's going to be amazing to see. I personally can't, I can't wait to see how it all unfolds. Whether if it's McAvoy controlling the power play, whether if it's McAvoy and Lindholm both averaging 30 minutes per game, over the course of, of the entire season. Because we all we all know that Lindholm and his stamina is absolutely amazing. But for Charlie McAvoy, it's it's incredible to watch, considering that this is a guy that not only has size, but also has shown the ability that even when he comes off the ice, he's not tired. But Lindholm, on the other hand, I want to go back to Lindholm now. It's becoming almost... Hard to believe just how truly good Hampus Lindholm is. Because let's be honest, not a lot of Bruin fans stayed up late for years to watch Hampus Lindholm when he was an Anaheim Duck. Not many of you did. But you knew of him based on reputation and even in the games that the Ducks and the Bruins would play against each other, whether it was in Boston or in Anaheim. But it's becoming amazing to watch on a game-to-game basis just how good Lindholm is, just both in terms of offensively. Defensively, you could say that last night he had arguably the worst game of the season. He was on the ice for three of the goals that the Penguins scored. He didn't have the best game, and even he admitted that in the postgame, in which that he said, quote, I felt decent, few sloppy plays defensively, it's a 60-minute hockey game. Fell behind a, a little bit there early, but it's 60 minutes of hockey, so you try to stick with it, and tonight was one of those nights it went our way, unquote. He admitted that, yeah, he definitely had some really sloppy battles defensively, and it cost him, or nearly cost the Bruins a win. So we know that Lindholm, in terms of how, just how good he is, in terms of his ability to show what he can do on both sides of the puck. But I'm not worried about Lindholm's game falling off. I'm just more 
more interested and see how does he rebound in the next game. And I think that he's going to be just fine in that regard. We're going to step aside as we hit a break, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the Bruins game last night and talk about the health of the Bruins and why there is reason to be concerned. That and much more coming up next here on the Sugar Red Show. You're listening to 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford Touch Reform Radio. Grinspoon, Associate Professor Emeritus of Psychiatry at the Harvard Medical School. Back in 1966, concerned that so many young people were harming themselves through the use of marijuana, I began to review the medical and scientific literature to help clarify the nature of this harmfulness. Much to my surprise, I discovered that it was a substance remarkably free of toxicity. In fact, it is far safer than any pharmaceutical or recreational drug. There is no record of a single overdose death from its recreational or medicinal use. Marijuana is one of the most studied substances. I believe that it is high time that this country reconsider its stance on cannabis. Them legalize marijuana.
Welcome back to the Shakri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford, Tusk, Reform Radio. Streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. The number to call in is 855-915-WMFO. 855-915-9636 is the number to call in to the show as we are almost done with our number one of the program. And we've talked a lot about the Bruins uh, during the first hour of the show in which we talked about the comeback win and just my overall thoughts and feelings about, about it. And last segment, I talked about Hampus Lidholm and as well as just his importance 
to the team and th- just the start that he's been off to is is pretty historic when you when you are compared or in this case next to a legendary name in Ray Bork we talk about one of the top 3 or 4 greatest defensemen to ever play in the NHL obviously um second best defenseman in the history of the Bruins behind Bobby Orr you're doing something right. You're doing something special. There's no question. So what you're seeing from Hampus Lindholm this season offensively is it's pretty remarkable. But as we were talking about it during the second segment, I was talking about um, just the overall concern that I have in terms of the health of the Boston Bruins because, let's be honest, the Bruins, as well as they have been playing, they are banged up right now. Last night, they lose Derek Forbort. He doesn't return to the game. You lose Jeremy Swayman. He didn't return to the game. You're still without David Krejci. You're not entirely sure when he's going to come back. Charlie McAvoy is still out. It's a question of when does he return. So you look up and down this Bruins team in terms of the injuries of the guys that are out right now and McAvoy we all know that he's on the mend and he's actually getting closer to returning but you just can't help but to wonder about the health of this team and whether if that could be a reason why this hot start for the Boston Bruins could be derailed and if you have any thoughts on the health of the team and where this team currently is right now, you can call into the program at 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. Because last night when I saw the injury to, to Jeremy Swayman, I was I was like, damn, talk about poor timing in which that this is a guy who was beginning to figure it out in terms of his performance in between the pipes after getting off to a bit of a, of a slow start to begin the season. And... And even even though he came in in relief, quote unquote, of the starting goaltender Linus Olmark, he was actually playing a pretty good game up until he got injured. So, with that being said, I can't help but to think about this and to talk about this with you, the listener that's out there, and you wonder: Is the injuries going to be a reason why this team hits a bit of a bump in the road? Because you know. It's coming. It's not a matter of if, it's when. That's just the natural course of an 82-game regular season in the NHL. There's no way in hell you can realistically expect this team to have a regular season where they're they're going to face very little to no adversity, similar to what the 2018-19 Tampa Bay uh, Lightning did, in which they won 62 games, 128 points, win the President's Trophy, practically went through no adversity during the regular season, and then the first taste of adversity come to the Stanley Cup playoffs, they get absolutely shocked by the Columbus Blue Jackets, and we all remember how that went. But as far as the Boston Bruins is concerned, you wonder what happens here. What happens, what happens now? Because there's a part of me that thinks that with guys like Krejci, with guys like, for example, um, I mentioned Krejci. We talk about Derek Forbert, who, who was having a pretty good start to the season. 
And I think it's fair to expect that he is going to be day-to-day or he may, he might miss the next couple of games given the nature of an injury. It was an upper body injury in which that he had to be taken out of the game last night. This is what you are basically left with. This is a team that's rolling. This is a team that's full of confidence right now. You know what this team can do. And unfortunately, injuries are part of the sport. That's just the reality of it. So, let me pose to you this question, Bruin fans. Out of all the injured guys that I mentioned, and maybe there's one or two that I may have forgotten, but I mentioned David Krejci, Derek Forbert, Charlie McAvoy, Jeremy Swayman. Which guy are you most excited to have back? That's the question I want to pose to you. You can call into the program at 855-915-WMFO. 855-915-9636 is the number two Calling into the show. For me, I got to go with Charlie McAvoy. McAvoy and then And I kind of touched on it a little bit during the last segment in which that I talked about just how good that top pairing is going to be once Hampus Lindholm and Charlie McAvoy are both healthy on the ice on that top pairing, on defenseman pairing, how good this is going to be. It's going to be terrifying for the rest of the league. I mean, let's be honest. You got two defensemen who are both offensive-minded, but one in which is a is really developed beautifully into one of the better shutdown defensemen in the league in Charlie McAvoy. Now, I would say that Lindholm is is not as good in terms of the defensive aspect to his game, but make no mistake, he's no slouch in terms of defending in his own end at all whatsoever. He's not. But I am excited to to see where McAvoy returns. When McAvoy returns, what is it going to look like? How would it impact the rest of the blue line for the Boston Bruins? I am just so excited to think about the potential possibilities that may come along with it. If you and I were to play the game right now and play the game of which Bruin do you think will return first? In terms of the injuries, in terms of the guys that are out right now, I'm willing to to make a, a guesstimate and say that it's probably going to be McAvoy. Because let's be honest, how many of you thought that Brad Marshall was going to return sometime in late October when all we've heard from the offseason through training camp and as well as even to start the season is that Marshall was not going to return until sometime in December? How many of you heard that? I did. I personally was saying it on the radio airwaves that he wasn't going to be back until sometime December. That was going to be more realistic. Makes no sense to rush him back. Why, why on earth were we going to expect that he was going to come back sooner before December? There was no reason to believe that. So now I am of the belief that if McAvoy could follow a similar path that Marshawn was able to follow – in terms of his recovery timeline, the Bruins will be better off for it. Now, I know there are some of you that may be thinking, so you're saying you want the Bruins to rush him back? No. No. We know that teams in sports, most specifically in the NHL, they like to keep it close to the chest when players are expected to come back. When they come back sooner Rather than later, 
is this is basically equivalent to them coming back on an earlier timeline than later after when the initial doctor's report said that they were going to come back. You don't want to be the Boston Celtics and wish that they'll tell you that Robert Williams is going to be out six to eight weeks when in reality he, he's going to be out eight to 12 weeks. You don't want to have that kind of situation on your hands because now your medical staff looks bad. It looks like it can't be trusted. It looks like that it cannot be taken at its word. And that's the worst thing that you can have as an individual in these streets. To be that person and wish that, oh, by the way, your words can't be taken seriously. Why? Because you already lied to us once. Fool us, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. You don't want to be that. So it's better to say, hey, you know what? So-and-so is going to be out until January. And, oh, by the way, he's coming back sometime around mid-November, right before Thanksgiving. I would rather be wrong in that regard than to be told that, well, he's coming back in January, but in reality, he's not going to be back until late February, right before March. You don't want that kind of problem on your hands. (laughs) So, with all those things being said, I want to shift gears a little bit. And the thing that I'm thinking about now is something that I saw on social media last night, something that I saw on Twitter that really caught my attention. And even as I think about it, it actually makes me laugh. I want to play on the air for you, but I'm not going to because FCC violation, it was that bad, but it was that funny. So... Last night, prior to the start of Game 3 of the World Series, more on that a little later on in the show, there were fans in Philadelphia doing what fans in Philadelphia do best. Heckle the opposing pitcher. I'm sure Red Sox fans all remember when, prior to last year's AL wildcard game between the Yankees and Red Sox, that one Red Sox fans who basically pulled out Kermit the Frog, taunting Garrett Cole, It essentially rattled him. We all remember that. But in Philadelphia, multiply that by a thousand. Imagine being told that Reese Hoskins slept with your girlfriend. For those of you that haven't haven't seen the video yet, I encourage you, go watch it on Twitter. Go pull up on YouTube or maybe it's on Facebook somewhere. I don't know. But it, but it's but it's on social media. I can I can definitely tell you that for sure. But it was hilarious. And the point of me bringing this up is, hecklers are absolutely part of the most important but yet underrated aspects of the fan experience when going to sporting events, especially in a city like Philadelphia. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. How many of you have been to a Yankees Red Sox game at Fenway? I have. I've been to countless many. And I'm sure Yankee fans and Red Sox fans could all attest. The heckling that goes on during those games at Fenway is a sight to, be, to behold. I have been on both ends, giving and receiving. And depending on the mood, it's either, it's either funny or you feel like you'd want to get up and punch someone in the face. It's either one or the other. There's no, there's no in between. <laughs> But I tell you this much, though. Philadelphia has really shown me that it is one hell of a sports city. 
And this is nothing new, and it's crazy that during this World Series so far, it's been almost like a, a reignition of just how passionate the city of Philadelphia is. In fact, I was telling my best friend Alana this before the start of the World Series. There's only one city in America that I would dare compare to Boston in terms of the sports, in terms of the passion, and that is Philadelphia. Boston and Philadelphia are so alike in terms of his passion, it's not even funny. The only difference between Boston and Philadelphia is what? The championships that the city of Boston has seen in the 21st century. That's it. The city of Boston has seen 12 championship parades and a number of other championship final appearances, whether it was the Celtics, NBA Finals appearances past June, or the the Bruins Seneca Finals appearance just three years ago. So, in comparison with Philadelphia, you've seen the Phillies win the World Series in 08, get back to the World Series in 09. You see the Eagles win the Super Bowl in 2017, well, February 2018, but you get what I'm saying? And you've also seen the Flyers get to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2010. They're both incredibly passionate cities, and during this World Series, it has been truly a sight to behold in terms of the passion and the energy surrounding that that Phillies team and I got a lot more to get into um, during the 4 o'clock hour that's coming up just shortly regarding the the World Series and why there is something that is now confirming to me who I think will win the World Series so more on that coming up on the other side of this break you're listening to the 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford Tusk Freeform Radio. Hour number one of the show is in the books. Hour number two is coming up next. So don't turn that dial. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. It was a normal day. He was in some minor accident, a fender bender. And I had this impulse to call him, but I didn't, because I thought I could call him later that week. He abandoned the car, he came home, and he shot himself without ever talking to anyone. When I came home that night and I found her, they told me that she had shot herself, and I couldn't believe it. I asked if he was okay. Taking a gun into your house uh, for protection is um, a terrible myth. Once you pull that trigger, that's it. There is no coming back. 65 Americans a day die by gun suicide. Store your gun securely, locked, unloaded, and away from ammunition. Help stop suicide. Learn more at infamilyfire.org. Brought to you by Brady and the Ad Council. 
Vicky, how you doing? How's the knee? It's coming along, doctor, but still some soreness. Well, let's see. You know, this soon after surgery, some pain is pretty normal. I was hoping to get more painkillers. The first round worked great. We're being very careful with those now. Prescription painkillers are opioids, same as heroin. It's easy to start taking them, not so easy to stop. Last year in America, an average of 40 people died from opioid abuse every day. Long-term addiction has become America's newest health epidemic. So no pills? Vicki, you're doing great. So let's try these anti-inflammatories plus your physical therapy. If the soreness doesn't continue to get better, give me a call. For opioids, the smaller the dose prescribed and taken, the better. Because even a few prescription painkillers can sometimes go a long, wrong way. A message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons and the Orthopedic Trauma Association. Visit orthoinfo.org slash prescription safety.
Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show, 91.5 FM WMFO and Medford Touch Free Farm Radio. Streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. Hour number two of the show. Hour number two. Are you kidding me? Yes, hour number two of the show is now underway as it is now 4.03 here in the Boston area as we are now in the month of November. Can we just stop for just a moment and just admit that 2022 has just flown by in a blink of an eye, and now we're three weeks away from getting ready to, to, to celebrate Thanksgiving for those who choose to celebrate Thanksgiving. Personally, I don't celebrate it, but you get my point. Where it's the annual day of gluttony where we collectively get to eat like a bunch of fat asses, but it's okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. We're three weeks away from that day. So... With that being said, it's November 2nd, and it's absolutely unbelievable that we got one more month left in this calendar year. And I am so excited for what's to come, possibly new blessings, new opportunities, who knows? And I'll tell you one thing, that's for sure. The Philadelphia Phillies got a new opportunity that's right in front of them now, two wins away from winning the World Series as they defeat the Houston Astros 7-0 last night to win Game 3 of that four classic in Philadelphia. If you want to talk baseball or you want to talk Bruins, you can call into the show at 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. I figure since this is a sports show after all that this would be the most appropriate to talk World Series. Let's face it. It's November, and baseball is still happening. It's a wonderful thing to have. And after all of the darkness surrounding the sport, going back to March, when basically the players and the owners were basically reenacting a real-life rendition of Julier and, 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 and Robert, whatever, you wanna, whatever that is, they were basically just fi- fighting over money. And amongst other benefits, they are now playing for the Fall Classic. They're playing the World Series. And we're about to have a new World Series champion crowned in very short order. So, I was watching the World Series last night. You know, switching between the Bruins as well as um, Game 3 in Philadelphia between the Astros and Phillies. And the thing that stood out to me was that on television that place looked exactly like an absolute madhouse and what's incredible is that I was watching the game and the thing that I I found myself saying to myself is that oh my god that place is jumping I've been to Philadelphia sporting events for those of you that don't know once upon a time I lived in Philadelphia before I moved to Boston and I'll tell you one thing that is for sure. In terms of that city, they love their sports just as much Boston does. I would call Philadelphia the championship-less best sports city in America. And I say that because they don't have the championships that Boston sports has in its history. But the passion and the intensity is equally the same. It really is. And I was watching just the, the crazy Philly fanatics at Citizens Bank Ballpark down in Philadelphia last night. And the thing that 
I kept coming back to was, man, 47,000 people on top of you. I felt like my heart was melting out of just pure joy. And I'm not even a Phillies fan, by the way. You know, for those who have been following the show for a while, you know that I am a, a Yankee fan. You know that I like the team that I absolutely love near and dear to my heart. But I'm a baseball fan, too. And I really admire and respect passionate sports fan bases. That's why I have always have said for the longest that Boston, New York, and Philadelphia, the three major cities that I've lived in, are three of the most passionate sports cities in the country, bar none. So last night, Bryce Harper goes yard, and that place goes absolutely Berserk! It it was just truly it was truly incredible to watch. I mean, my gosh, the way that that city absolutely just goes absolutely berserk. But that wasn't what really caught my eye. What caught my eye was Bryce Harper calling Alec Bohm after Harper goes deep and saying, "Hey, I picked up on something. I want you." To carry this with you into your at-bat and do damage. That's not exactly what Bryce Harper said. But that was basically what we saw on Fox for the whole world to see. And what did Alec Boom do? Boom! Goes yard. And the fans go absolutely crazy. And that's part of the reason why I am of the belief that it was absolutely incredible to watch. But I'm sure Philly fans absolutely lost their collective minds. And by the way, we do have the audio clip for you. This is what it sounded like last night. Joe Davis and John Smoltz on Fox on the call. Take it away. In front of these fans for the first time since his pennant-clinching home run. I'll be kind of shocked if Bryce is not going to the place sitting on a breaking ball. Two gone and a score this first inning. The colors to Harper. It's good. Well, Johnny sure looked ready for a curveball. <laughs> he sat on it, and he got it. Look, you look at film all the time, and you watch at bats, and you can just tell sometimes a great hitter is going to take away one of the strengths of the opposing pitcher. And that's and that's what John Smoltz giving the analysis last night on Fox, in which that if you caught what happened leading directly into that at bat, John Smoltz did an extraordinary job explaining the dynamics surrounding Houston Astros pitchers, Lance McCullers, given that going into that bat, he had only thrown, I think, a fastball only maybe twice. All he had the left-handed batters. So Bryce Harper was going into the bat preparing to see a breaking ball, to see a breaking pitch. And did he ever get one? Because the home run he hit last night in game three was off a curveball. This is what the rest of the uh, the call sounded like. This is courtesy, again, John Smoltz, Joe Davis with the call on Fox. And he sure did it on the first pitch. Hit the yes. right field, and the Phillies <laughs> are going to lead it. Yeah, they are. Bryce Harper has put the Phillies on top with a two-run home run over the out-of-town scoreboard. Simply amazing. Harper here at home has homered on back-to-back swings. Two 
That was Scott Fransky and Larry Anderson with the call on Sports Radio 94 WIP in Philadelphia. 2-0 Philadelphia here in the bottom of the first. Now he's trying to get Alec Bohm's attention, who's on deck. A little bit of advice coming from Harper to Bohm. Remember Harper calls him over and gives him either a tip on spin or a tip on what he's doing. So Lance McCullers looks to take a deep breath and settle into this game. 2-0 Phillies. Alec Bohm starts the second and rips one to left field over Alvarez and gone! Ambrose frees it! Alec Bohm's first career postseason home run is the 1,000th in World Series history. And whatever Bryce Harper told him, it's like helped. They do his head. Swing of the first pitch from really hard to the Harmon dude. Blasted left field deep. Alvarez back. He turns. He looks. It's gone. It just clears. Lead off homer here in the second for Alec Baum on a low laser just over the left field wall. It's his first homer in the playoffs. And it's 3-0 Phillies. And what did we see last inning? Harper calling Baum back and saying something to him about McCullough. It had to be something about McCullough's pitches. And Baum jumped all over that one. Alec, we saw Bryce. Harper say something to you in the on-deck circle, what was it? It's between us. <laughs> you saw that? That was, by the way, towards the end of that clip, that was Ken Rosenthal giving the dugout interview to Alec Bohm on Fox. That was the moment that told me that the Phillies were going to win the World Series. You cannot convince me otherwise, as a sports fan, as a baseball fan, who believes in paying attention to the small signs that a team is going to win a championship. Point blank. Like, how often do you see that in sports, let alone in baseball, where a teammate, a superstar of Bryce Harper's caliber, calls the teammate and says, hey, this is what I want you to do. Pay attention for this. Be on the lookout for this. Boom. That's leadership personified in the case of Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper showing veteran leadership to Alec Bohm, a younger player at that. And what does he do? He does damage with that. Last night was a prime example as to why I am of the belief that the Phillies are going to win the World Series. I actually picked the Phillies to win the World Series going into this one. The Phillies haven't lost at home at all this postseason. They're 6-0. By the way, game four of the World Series is tonight on Fox, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Frankly, I don't even think they're going to go back to Houston. That's how confident I am. If I was a betting man, i put down money on that bet. And that's kind of like where I am right now. The number to call is 855-915-WMFO. 855-915-9636 is the number to call into the show. As I like to do surprises every now and then. In which, every now and then, I will say, you know what? I got a little something for you. Today, I actually do have a little something for you. I have two guests here with me in the sh- in the studio in which that they're going to join the show for a segment for a very special reason. You'll find out exactly why coming up next on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Sugar Red Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford, Tuss, Freeform Radio.
U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo GOAT G-O-A-T Acronym Stands for Greatest of All Time As in Spaghetti Sandwiches for Dinner They're my fave Dad You're the GOAT You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same Visit AdoptUSKids.org Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Adopt U.S. Kids and the Ad Council
Welcome back to the Sugar Right Show, 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford, Touch Free Farm Radio. Streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. The number to call in is 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. Here's the number to call in. So, I was teasing prior to the last uh, music break that um, that for some reason... <laughs> That, that for some reason, like, I typically like to have surprises um, in my back pocket. But this one, this one for a special reason, I, I couldn't keep this under wraps for, for any longer. So, recently, I was contacted by a couple of um, Boston University students um, to be part of a five-minute documentary. I mean, just to even be thought of for a documentary in itself, it's like, say what? Really? Stop playing with me. So, I have in studio here with me two of the individuals working on the documentary, and Jonathan and Lynn, How both, you doing? Ho- both of whom are incredibly gracious enough to even stop by today to not only um, fil- film some B-roll, but also like you know be part of this this show as well. So, what's going on, guys? How are you guys doing? How you doing, Shukri? I'm good. I'm good. Listen, I am. Um, I'm humbled. First, first and foremost, let's just let's just cut through the malaise, get straight to it. So, what is the documentary about, and how did the idea of me come about? Yeah, so uh, the idea you came about. Uh, I, had a, I have a friend who uh, he he's always on Twitter. Shout out Mitch. He's always on Twitter, and he <laughs> and he sees your tweets a lot. Um, and he sends me them sometimes because they're funny, you know, they're funny. <laughs> um, he, he sends me, he sends me the tweets and, um, there, we had a, you know, a project in class, you know, film a documentary about a personality, someone, someone that you might, someone that might be interesting, uh, someone, you know, <laughs> has, has something about their life that's cool. And, um, I, I asked around and, and Mitch was like, dude, you gotta do it about Shukri. You gotta do it about Shukri. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, all right, all right. I, I reached out to Shukri. He's gracious enough to come on the documentary. And, um, you know, it, I, I have some ideas for it. You know, it's, I, I'm, I'm looking into, you know, Shukri, as, as probably the listeners know, online, big personality, you know, I would say, might say local celebrity. Some might say. Can you say I, I, that? I will personally never admit. that. Never admit that. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but no, but no, like no, like I'm humble when people like say, "Oh, you're a celebrity. You're a celebrity." I'm like, I'm just a regular guy. Like I'm yeah. just um, fortunate. Lo- local like, celebrity is not celebrity though. You're local yeah, celebrity. Local. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'm framing it. All right. Oh. Stick with it. <laughs> like it's. I don't know. Like it's just it's weird because. Um, because like even a year and a half into this, like I I still find myself like really just kind of like having to grasp myself and say like it's year, a year and a half of where like my profile has just exploded, right. um, both social media and as well as even like in a way like my private life like to to an extent, but. Lynn, I can't let you sit there and be the be the quiet the quiet one over here. Like, nah, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need you to step up and like you talk talk to me. Like, what's going on? I'm good. I'm we're the same like prod one class, and so originally we wanted to be in the same prod group, mm. like me me Taylor and John. Just didn't work out. It didn't know, work out. With didn't work out. Professor. So yeah, there's, but, another, <laughs> there's another person working out. Shout out Taylor. She's uh, yeah. one of my co-producers Woo. on this. Oh wow. Um, so that, that's gonna be a good time. Mm. And yeah, Lynn's helping out a lot. Yeah, I'm just Thank here you, today to like help out 
with cameras yeah. and stuff. So. Beautiful I'm, studio. I don't even yeah, I don't know this is in your place, so but the studio is sweet. This is definitely oh not my place. No, yeah, no, 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 no. There's no. so many records here, guys. Yeah. I, I love records. Oh. So, this is so nice. Like, what, has, what has impressed you the most about the studios like, upon when you first walked in? I think the whole vibe of the studio is so nice. Like, yeah. not only the records, but also, like, there's, like, the graffiti everywhere. Yeah, like, this place is crazy. Like, it's, it's crazy so much better to the... I guess I also do radio at BU, mm. and WTBU is not like this. Really? <laughs> like, how, how, would, you, how would you describe, Listeners, like, the atmosphere <laughs> and what WTBU looks like for those that, that may not know? Very... WTBU, yeah, it's very, like, cold. Like, very there's, cold. There's, like, no... Really? It feels like, but I mean, it feels like you're walking into like more of a set than like a yeah. like a lived-in place. Oh wow! Like, yeah. yeah, it's not really like homey or like mm. necessarily inviting, but like it's fun to do. But like, but you know, you could do it here, obviously. Hey, I think cool. I think Kugri just just you said something earlier, and it, it is that just kind of represents the media world as a whole. Sure, like think things in media like they move so fast, mm-hmm. and everybody's always innovating and stuff like that. But like. You know, you can be going hot, 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 but just as fast in media, you go cold, cold, cold. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, it's just like you've, I've. That's the reason I'm the, that I'm, I'm thinking of doing this documentary. I've just seen you progress so quickly, and it's just, it's just really amazing to me. Um, and I'm sure that a lot of people online, they, they, I mean, you've, you've gained followers. You know that. Yeah. You know that. Yeah, yeah, you can, you yeah. can toot your own horn a little bit here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this is your show. He has your name on the show. <laughs> No, no, I appreciate that. Like, it's definitely, um, like, just, it's changed my life entirely. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that are just joining in, like, this is the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO um, in Medford. And those of you that may have missed it, I was contacted recently by Jonathan, um, Lynn, and, and as well as uh, Taylor, but specifically Jonathan, to be a part of a documentary that they're shooting based upon me yours truly which um which again i i can't thank you guys enough for even um thinking of me it's really it's really exciting and i'm really excited to to share my story and as well as to be able to like help out and give back in any way that i possibly can thank you um so what i want to know from both of you what drove y'all or inspired both of you to enter television and film as like a like a course. I don't know if that's your major or, but what inspires you to go in that direction? You want to go first? Doesn't uh, matter who goes first. Yeah, like, go ahead. Go ahead. Both I can you. go. Uh, yeah, for sure. me, it was mainly just like my family, my upbringing grew up with like a single mom. She's an immigrant. Mm. And so from I feel where? like she's from Haiti. We're Haitian. Wow. Yeah. So I feel like I'm Guyanese. Like, so like this, this, oh, I'm, I'm half Ghanaian too. My dad's from Ghana. No, no way. No, oh, oh, no, Guyanese, Guyanese, Guyanese. Oh, Guyanese. Oh, Guyanese. oh French Guyanese. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. But um, yeah, I think the main thing for me was like I'd see movies and like I never really saw myself in them. Like I would, but like mm. in like terms of like character, but like yeah. in terms of like actually looking at me. So I think that's a big thing I've always wanted to do in film was just like write stories about like my family really and like their experiences so mm. that's why i did it yeah. john yeah honestly my reason isn't that hard but it's more of a from coming from a point of like you know i've i've been able to see myself in film you know especially in, in what i'm interested in in sports you know my whole life yeah like espn all those documentaries about like uh old yankees teams old red sox teams dodgers oh, yeah. all of those mm-hmm. espn documentaries the 30 um, for 30s yeah and there's just so much more to the world of sport that I feel like is never shown, you know, on any of these ESPN documentaries, yeah. HBO documentaries, definitely not. Um, and I think that I- I'm in a position, especially with, you know, the new generation to, to share a lot more stories from people that 
haven't been able to, you know, had their story share before. Exactly. So, and definitely one minute. Like so for you and I and I will also want to inc- include you in this question, storytelling. Is that something that that, you know, gets your juices flowing and what about it makes you so like I guess enthralled in the process of wanting to learn about someone's story when you do like documentaries or any or even projects like this. Yeah, you know, I think that, you know, in storytelling, um, I think the real special thing about it is that no matter, you know, me and you, we both do games too. I direct, I directed yeah. Shuki a couple times. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> Shuki does great. Uh, <laughs> Thank um, you. you know, and I think that there's a, there's a story in everything, um, in sports, in, you know, rom-coms and in, marvel movies and i think that you know what really drives us storytellers is that you know no matter the story if it's well made and if there's good conflict we can all relate to it in some way and we can all see ourselves in the story um even if it's a sports game you know Mm. there's so much there's so much to like a sports game like there's the big picture yeah the game was you know there's the stats too there's like the game was you know five to four it was two home runs whatever like that but there's also you know the families behind it the city's behind it. There's just so much more to sport, and there's so much more to the story that we all can just relate to. Nice. Um, I think for me... We'll move a little closer. Oh, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, I think for me, it's like... The big thing about like storytelling, especially in film, is that like you, you want to show and not tell. Because mm. one thing to like you know like tweet about like, a story. Oh, or, like, absolutely. Write about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But, like, making a movie about it and be able to like, show exactly... like this perspective of something is like totally different mm. and which is why i've always like liked filmmaking because like not everything can be, like, just be written like sometimes you need to show someone like what's happening or like how someone's feeling like, via camera and so i think that's a big thing for me it's why i love certain so much absolutely i can tell you this one that that's for sure that um since i began doing games on, on for bu on espn plus is that there's something very unique about the campus, just walking around and seeing yeah. other students. And I mean, I'm, I'm not that old. I'm 31. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not grandpa. Like, right. I, haven't, I haven't even hit fatherhood yet. And Len is over here looking at me like, what the hell is this man talking about? Like, with, with, with the most stoic look that I can just describe. Like, if, if, if I can point, paint the picture, she's had this look of just this blank stare like, <laughs> like just, like that that's that's the kind of like I was I was like okay like <laughs> excuse me but the 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 feeling that I get when I walk around is like it just seems like there's an air of prestige and not prestige in an arrogant way but there's a there's a great level of pride there's a mm. there's a yeah, level of definitely. excitement to be there and I want to get your thoughts on your experience at BU so far about like campus life student life and just your overall experience at bu uh yeah you know there's a lot of schools out there and you'll see you know there's different definitions of school spirit i think sure um when you go to a southern school your school spirits in your sports teams oh yeah it's it's big Mm -hmm. in sports you wear you know if you're tennessee you're wearing orange every day oh yeah um but what i what i feel like at bu is that your school spirit comes in the work that you do you know, mm. yeah. um, I think that, you know, we're all there trying to progress, trying to be better people, yeah. trying to whatever we're into, whether it's, you know, science, film, uh, communications, journalism. Uh, you know, the pride comes from the work that we put out and the work that our peers put out. And we all try to help each other there. 
um, because that's I think that's really where the school spirit is at BU. And, and that's and that's truly so. inc- incredible. I want to get your thoughts, uh, Lynn, on this. Oh, I I fully agree. Yeah, I think especially like obviously for sports, it's like we don't we only have a hockey team. Yeah. We have a sports too, but like that's like our big thing. Oh, oh yeah, hockey. But, like, I mean, yeah. men and women's, which is just thing. incredible to be to be yeah. a part of. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. I definitely agree. With, like in terms of like for BU's campus, especially because we're like not like a. Like a regular college campus, like a, like a like, traditional campus, right. yeah, exactly. yeah, right. Mm-hmm. All is like one long strip of like land or whatever. Yeah. So like, I think definitely like through our work is like where we have the most community and spirit. Definitely. definitely. Is this your first uh, documentary or, or, or film project you've worked on so far, or 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 if if not, what has been your most memorable or most enjoyable for you? Um. This is not my first film project. <laughs> oh, I got, I, I'm up to hear <laughs> but, like the, some of the you know, others you've worked I've on. Done a, I've done a lot of stuff. You know, the great thing about you know any college you go to, any community, you know, there's there's the classes that you take, but there's yeah. also the people. You know, you do stuff outside of classes, of course, stuff like that. You know, um, I, I work a lot. You know, doing uh, sports directing for live sports for ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of that, and that's really just a great experience. You know, if if anybody's ever worked in live. Even radio live, mm-hmm. it's it's a total different experience. One thousand percent. Yeah, like pre-recorded. between between radio I mean, and TV slash yep. streaming, but 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 especially TV, like it's very it's, different. It's, it's crazy yeah. different. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I mean, anybody anybody listening, you know, definitely, if if you want to, if if you're at a point where you want to change something up, try live TV because it is it is exciting. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's exciting, it's, but it's yeah, yeah it's also. It has its challenges, and, it I, does. and I and I tell Definitely I try does. to like explain to people. Even when I first started doing games on ESPN Plus, going back to this past spring, sure. uh, when I was doing uh, a Brown University, um, yeah. like I- Ivy League uh, college baseball on ESPN. Sure. One thing that stood out to me was like the pace. It's like everything has got to be, yeah. it's got to be boom, 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 in and out, in and out. Right. Like you got to be in and out of your breaks. Like cleanly, yep. and and I even learned that even working alongside my broadcast partner Craig White, um, or the person who I work with when I call a, a Boston University uh, women's hockey games on ESPN Plus, um, like you got to be in and out, and and it's 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 exciting because it's like you have so much that you want to bring to the broadcast, so much you want to say, but but you got to be cognizant of the light in which that mm. when it goes on, it's like hey, break time, you got to be yeah. out, like you know, there's a hard yeah. out you have to have, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I I say this a lot. The the most fun part about doing live is when stuff you know mess, when, when stuff oh, goes absolutely. wrong. Oh, absolutely! Oh, yeah. I mean, without that, you know, it's not that fun. But it, you know, <laughs> if 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 they say that like you know, a mic isn't working, that's where the, that's where the fun comes from because you have a time. You cannot like delay the broadcast. It no, go, if it's at no, seven, no. it is going it's live alive. at seven. Yep, and you're gonna just have to find a way to make it work. Um, but it's not like that in in pre-recorded stuff at all. Yeah, that's mm. true. Um, you know, you work a lot more in pre-recorded. I do some, but like, wh- what do you love about film? <laughs> like, what, 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 like, what do you, like, what do you like about pre-recorded, and what do you, what do you think are some of the differences between mm. pre-recorded and, and live? In your opinion, Lynn? Um, I think for live, like, I would say like nowadays you don't really have like live like we have like live like sports, but in terms of like TV, you don't really have like live sitcoms. Yeah, not anymore. too much anymore. So you don't really have that. So I think, um, like right now, like just like. I think it's good to have all that planning behind oh, yeah. a script, especially for a narrative too. For sure. There's so much going on, like there's so much crew you have to handle and so much cast you have to handle. Right. So being able to like not be live takes a lot of stress off of you. Oh yeah, definitely. So and also allows for like more opportunities to like make better content as well. Agree. So that's also a big reason why I like pre-record stuff. I like live as well. Like we do live for like BTV10. Right. Like some of the shows are live. Mm. But 
a little recorded. little insider baseball real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Half the stuff that you see on live TV is not live. Like you'll <laughs> see like all those shots outside of stadiums and stuff oh, like yeah. that, mm-hmm. not live. That's, that's, that's pre-recorded. Like, that, that's like, all that's pre-recorded. Like B, that's pre-recorded B-roll. Totally. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like the only stuff you see is live is the game. Even, you know, opens, you know. They're, they're, t- they're typically, they're like typically pre-recorded. pre-recorded. Oh, yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. So if, you, if, if, if listeners, you're thinking that everything live is live, that is, is just not true. <laughs> like, it would ca- not work. Exactly. Like case in point, um, when you are watching, let's say, for example, if you're watching like a World Series game on mm. Fox, sometimes it's not live. Sometimes it's pre-recorded just moments before. Like right. it's time to go like go live on air um, and, and whatnot. So it's like it's it's interesting in, in that regard. But shifting from like the technical side of like TV production and, mm. and, and directing and broadcasting to your journeys to be you, mm. how did both of you? ultimately decide that Boston University was going to be the school of your choice to attend. I want to hear your story. Lynn, go ahead first. Uh, for me, I def- I'm from Florida. And so oh, what part? Tampa. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So for me, it was like I definitely wanted to leave Tampa. I didn't want to go up north. <laughs> I'm not a big fan you of leave Florida. leave the sun and go up to the, uh, to the, to the yes. frozen tundra that is Boston. There's sun yeah. here sometimes. There's sun here, but like we're about to enter the, the, yeah. the, 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 the dark and cold. There's sun here six, 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 days, six months a year. Like. Yeah, so I'm, I've always been like, I know for a fact that I want to be out of state for college. So mm. I applied to all northern schools. I applied like, to Harvard. I applied to UMich, NYU, yeah. Columbia. So I was like, I know I want to be up north. Mm. And I want, and I know I also want to go into a good film program. Yeah. So I was like, BU. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But what was it about BU that, that, that made it attractive to, like, to you? Definitely being in a city. I live in like a rural, a really rural place, mm. so I definitely wanted a city, city lifestyle, mm. and like not having to drive a car. <laughs> so that's a big thing for me. And I mean, with the way the MBTA is, you might need to drive a car. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. mean the subways, yeah, the but. subways, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I definitely want to go to school with that, and also B gave me full scholarship, so I was like, Ooh, okay, nice, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Jonathan. I, I mean, I'm from Boston. I'm from actually just outside of Boston. I grew up in Belmont for most of my life. I don't know where, I don't know where that Belmont. is. Yeah. Um, but I do believe Boston's the best city in the world. So, <laughs> I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't stand, you know, at some point I'll have to leave here, you know, New York or L.A. or something like that. But I want to stay in Boston just a little bit longer. My teams are good here. Yeah. All right. I want to see them win. <laughs> Love a Celtics championship. That's all I. That's all I want. Yeah, I'm, ho- I'm hoping. All I want. I'm hoping so that that'll be the case um, this season. We'll um, see. D- despite the the storm that has oh, the uh, surrounded e- the email uh, storm. Yeah. Oh, don't um, even get me started on that. <laughs> I mean, after all, this is, this is a sports talk show. So like, it is it is something that I, do, that I have that's to talk true, about yeah. after all. Uh, but um, but but in a spirit of just um, just just having fun. Um, when you when you begin to just cultivate these different stories and ideas of films that you want to work on, like what are some of the things that that you've learned from like your professor in terms of like finding the story within the story? You know, I'm a person like you obviously see and know what I do. Like yeah. I, I'm naturally going to ask questions out of curiosity. Like, yeah. like, like, who is the, the professor for you that has? Um, that has like in a way influenced you in terms of like how you like to approach like film projects and so forth. You know, there's so many um, great professors at BU at all universities. You know, I think yeah. universities are a great place to 
to really get started if you want to learn something take a night class you know there's there's oh, ways that's a great of doing point it. i, I did know? that myself when yeah. i was in college yeah no there's there's great ways of learning um but honestly you know the, a great part about going to university is that you'll learn not only you know how to write scripts or you know how to operate a camera um but you're also going to learn um you know what to make your films tv shows about yeah because i i, I truly believe that um you know creativity and inspiration it doesn't come from your head it comes mm. from the world around you i agree so the more that you can learn about other people um other people's backgrounds um the more interesting that your stories will be and the more that people you know as i said this before the more people can relate um so i mean i don't really have one professor i would say <laughs> uh, that's okay but but yeah i would just say that the whole university experience as a whole is it definitely helps my storytelling experience yeah. i think for me it's like my my high school music teacher, Justin uh, Rojas Baggett, he's actually alum for Berkeley, oh, wow. and so oh, awesome. a lot of my storytelling actually comes from like from music, because like mm. a lot of it obviously is showing and not oh, yeah. telling, yeah, right. you know? definitely. And um, I think from him I learned like to be fearless in your storytelling and like not be afraid to like hold back in what you in like what you want to say. And so I think that's a lot of things that people people are learning in college right now that I already learned in high school because oh, yeah. of my teacher. So I think that's a, the biggest thing, just like not being afraid to like tell stories absolutely for those of you that are just um tuning in this is the shukri right show 91.5 fm wmfo in medford with yours truly shukri Rice, joined by a couple of individuals who are more than kind enough to 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 make me the main feature in their documentary <laughs> that they're working on and in jonathan and lynn it's uh it's really exciting to be a part of um of, of this project that they're working on um, so, in continuation of just just discussion, it's not even so much of a formal interview, but what are some of the pros and cons of current social climate on campus? It's not just specifically just related to BU, but just overall your college experience, social climate. What are some of the pros and cons that you've experienced so far? Um, I think for me... I was like coming from Florida, like I, I came up like in a pretty like conservative area, and so mm. BU was like BU was like pretty liberal school, mm. and so that was really interesting to see. A lot of the times, like people are like very like show offish about how liberal they are and like how like supportive they are, and it can be like a bit overwhelming Offsetting, sometimes. Yeah, yeah they'll mm. be like like a little too allyish, you know what I mean? Mm. So I think that's a really interesting thing in terms of the social climate at BU. But overall, I've had a good experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think change never stops. You know, and I think that at universities where you're researching, you know, you're learning a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, the more you, the more you learn, the more you'll, you're going to change. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. So at, at universities, you know, for social climate wise, it does you know tend to be more liberal. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think that I I mean I like it a lot. It's it's a good time. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just you just you know there are people that. We'll lean this too much this way, too much that way, but mm-hmm. it's all about setting that aside and just being a good human being at, at when you're trying to, you know, have a good social climate at a university. Definitely. No, so, ab- absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, like, are you guys part of any, like, extracurricular um, clubs or, or like, like, what else, like, do you do outside of classes? 
Um, I am the head of narrative programming for BTV10, so I run all oh. the narrative shows. Mm. I'm also a radio show WTBU, which I already mm. mentioned. Um, I'm secretary Tell me for about your shows. Like, oh, my sh- show. It's called Off Bridges Revoked on WTBU's Sundays. What time? What time? Sundays from 2 to 4 p.m. 2 to 4, <laughs> 2 to 4, 2 to 4 p.m. So tune in if you guys are interested. And we just talk about, basically, there's like uh, three of the D-Days, and we have digits with the D-Days in training. Yeah. And so basically, we just like, uh, we have a theme every week, and then we like review each other's music on air and like just like talk about either it's really good or it's horrible and we just talk, <laughs> and we just talk about it on the yeah, air so cool, it's really cool. fun mm. but yeah i do that i also in a gospel choir at bu that oh, i'm part of yeah. and i'm on there's a film club called red list and i'm secretary for that mm. so yeah i'm pretty involved it's too much and i'm an ra <laughs> oh oh too yeah much. yeah the, the joys of being the, the joys of being an ra <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is it do you like that i like being i i I'm not gonna lie. I'm only coming already because I know it's gonna make a really funny show one day. Oh like, yeah, the yeah. experience. <laughs> like, like, there's so many. There's so many stories you can make out of being already. Like, oh it's, yeah, it's so crazy. Give Give me a story that kind of, in a way to kind of like re- rekindle a lot of like college memories for me. But but give me a story of of some of the funniest things that you've experienced being an RA uh, at BU. So far. Okay, I have a story, but I don't know if it's funny. It's funny to me. Well, go share. I want to hear it. I'm so actually curious. I'm, I'm like walking in front of Warren, right? And mm-hmm. this is probably like like 10 minutes after the aftermath of whatever happened. Yeah. And so basically, I think probably made a person in the news already, but there was this, like, this kid who like went in a van with like what people thought was a kidnapper. Oh, yeah. And so like yeah. when things like that happen, like, like, like all our race who were around like have to like be on the job and be like, mm. and like we had to call BPD and like all this happened. And so then we find out it was just like, it was just like a kid and his mom was a different race and they just like, <laughs> so it, was like it was like a whole thing people, people were like oh my god he's getting kidnapped mm. but I didn't know that was the story I thought that- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no literally but like on like articles it says like like cops were like it was mis- misunderstanding I'm yeah. like misunderstanding there's more facts there the mom does drive a like camper van for a car <laughs> oh, so. yeah gosh. that's true so I'll give, I'll give him that little like, bit just van a is little, little <laughs> it's a little sad, but yeah, that was really funny. I was like, "What oh, is this?" Gosh. But yeah, it's a time. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah go ahead, uh, Jonathan. For what? Funny story? Ah, oh, it's too many. I'm no, not an RA. I'm not an RA. Like, doesn't matter whether you're an RA or not. Like, funny story. I, I, want, I want to know, like, what what, what the this college is, experience is exactly like? like. That I want to know. Like, I got. I got too many stories. You know what? I'm going to share one real quick because... Go ahead. Let's hear it. Because, like... Did this like, bring you back to college? Listen, 2015 was the end of my college time. Okay. Like, it was seven years. Where, where'd now. you go? Long Island University, Long New Island York. University. Born and raised in New York. Went to college there. Yeah. Um, went to high school in New Jersey, part of the New York Tri-State region. Sure. Um, I got too many memories from, from my time at LIU. I really do. But one of them I just want to highlight is... Oh, man. There was something about... The fall semester in which that I I witnessed like uh, uh, quite a few like on campus like parties and gatherings and things like that. I'm talking about like where there be inside of this big hall or yeah. or like an old auditorium and things of that nature. And it would always be like on a Thursday night where where it's like for me I have I can honestly say I have never had a Friday class. Wow, I was, oh, never lucky. I purposely. Listen, if there is one thing that I made sure of when I was in college, no Friday class. I refuse <laughs> to take a Friday class because okay. I want to be able to go out on a Thursday night and know, like, yo, my weekend starts now. <laughs> Man, listen, I am not going 
to wake up on a Friday morning and be like, damn, I got class at 9 a.m. Oh, I had an 8 a.m. Last, last semester. On a Friday? On a Friday. No. I mean, did I show up? I mean, I don't know. bro. <laughs> I can't say that over the air nah, if I did see, or not. See, but and that, that kind of thing makes me wonder if you're a masochist. Like, I mean, that, that's just <laughs> that is just painful. Like, goodness grief. Like, any listen for anybody who's a college student right now listening on on campus of Tufts. If you have a Friday class, God bless you. I really respect the hell out of you yeah, because honestly. I, for me, I was too immature for Friday classes because I know if, if I woke up on a Friday morning, I didn't want to have to worry about going to class. My only thoughts were, what am I going to do tonight? Like, what, what, what? I mean, I'm, I'm in NYC for God's sakes. Twenty years old. Yeah. Class on a Friday. Yeah. <laughs> Please. But for me, the memory that one of the memories I really cherish big time is Fridays, especially like the beginning years, like the early years, um, when you're like really trying to figure out like who and what you are, what you like, what you don't like as an individual. Um, just perusing around NYC, um, and taking the train, and I would I spent a lot of those times alone. Like I didn't, not that I didn't have friends, but they were just people that didn't want to like hang out. So I was like, all right, so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make time for me to just have fun by myself. So what mm-hmm. I would do is that I would take the path train, either from 33rd Street, Midtown Manhattan. Or from the World Trade Center to Hoboken, or and then take and then transfer and then take another train over to Newport Mall and go to the movies. So I would just go to the movies, watch whatever. Yeah, going to the movies like, by yourself is the oh, it's best. The most it's amazing so thing. Great. Let's talk about that for a moment. <laughs> yeah, it's the Folks, best. For those of you that are too scared to do, to do anything by your damn uh, self, going to the movies is uh, is absolutely got to so be top great. top of your list. You don't have Seriously. anybody around you. Exactly. You put the popcorn in the seat next to you. The yeah. drink. <laughs> it's, the it's popcorn awesome. next to for me. Listen, I was a big icy addict. Okay, icy. The the, 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 the polar bear. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I always got me like the tall ones yep like the um the multicolor one like, i think it was it was not, it wasn't a fruit punch but it was like the it was like the mixture yeah. between the blueberry and like the oh, one of the mixer the ones? mixture okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah oh my gosh like it's been too long since i've gone to the movies i gotta change that um yeah. movies are a good time like seriously yeah. like going to the movies by yourself there's nothing like it it's, especially also uh, you can enjoy the movie a lot more it's like <laughs> you're like there with them it's not like you don't have to deal with you know Bobby sitting to your right texting the whole time you or, got by or, or, or Alexis like two seats over like yeah. on her phone or if she's with another dude wondering if um uh, if other previews are going on yeah. other than the movie if you get what I mean you, like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean right. what, what, what about what about you Lynn like like were you one that enjoys going to the movies like by yourself or do you have to like, have someone with you to go in order to enjoy honestly it depends on the movie that's fine that's percent. like some movies like you mm-hmm. want to see other people yeah. which like which ones for example for you like i'm seeing black panther with all my friends i already bought tickets like, yeah facts like that but, but yeah i bet there's not a solo movie like, you're seeing that with your friends i mean yeah. you know what i mean oh, I, yeah. i'll probably see it two times honestly i love black panther yeah, one bro. So, black panther. Oh, great so movie when I, when I, that when teaser that te- I, yeah, it looks I do good. have a teaser all the time. Literally, we're gonna at least every day. Like that teaser is so good. <laughs> Listen, With the song, and then Kendra comes in. Literally, it's so good. Yeah. Okay. Oh, what so was that? It was that at one oh nine on the timestamp. Like, yo, yo, yo. What, what I tell you? What I tell you? The first time I remember when it first came out in the spring of eighteen. I can't believe it was in four four plus years, and in in memory of Chadwick Bo, um, Chadwick Boseman, um, yeah, like we love you and miss you. 
But I remember like when I went to go see that movie, just the buzz and the electricity. Yeah. Like yeah. didn't matter where you were. It was there just hasn't like been a Marvel movie like that. N- no, there not not, there not since no. I no, mean, no, no. maybe what was that? The big one, Endgame or something like that. Um, yeah. Maybe Endgame, yeah. but no, that, that that but even Spider Man too though. Spider Man, yeah. Spider Man didn't good have head. the same vibe. Well, it was like the same vibe. Like where you where you had like people dress up yeah like in like in, in, in like in, in african culture yeah, like like like, like yeah, yeah like oh my god yes it makes sure you had a, a either um a a, a grand boo or 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 the or the shiki or something you just dressed up right just to go see the movie right yeah. like the first few weeks or even the first month i i just remember just how just how incredible it was like i there hasn't been a movie that that's come out since but but with that i went I didn't go alone. I went with um, some other people, um, but just the experience was just incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm hoping the next one is like that. I want to. Yeah, you know, Ryan Coogler, he won't. He is a miss. Yeah, he's Ryan Coogler is awesome. He's a director, <laughs> really? yeah, he's great. Oh, uh, I, lo- I love him so much. <laughs> oh man, but you know, you know what's what's interesting is during that time, I I just as I mentioned, I love. I got comfortable just doing things by myself. Yeah. Are there ever times where you where, like it's a Saturday and you're just free, and yeah. or it's a Saturday night and you're like, man, what do I do? I said, what am I gonna do? You know what? You know what's a thing that not a lot of people do. But I just, it's like headphones out on a walk by yourself, just taking in the world. You I know what it. I mean? I do it. Not a lot of people do. They always have their headphones in, looking down. But like, if you just go on a walk by yourself, you're gonna solve some like problems in your life because you're gonna be thinking that time. You're gonna huh. have time to think. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Or like I'm think I like. For a class, I have to break a story, right? I have mm-hmm. to I have to make a story for a script or something like that. I don't stay in my dorm. I go outside, take out my headphones, and just absorb the absorb the world around me. Oh yeah, and I think it just solves some problems out there. Oh, for sure. Just by yourself, just you know, just you and nature. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Lynn? Um, I think for me, when I'm trying to find a story, I either like go outside. I do listen to music sometimes. Mm. Find a story. Some music inspires. Yeah, music. Music, oh, yeah. music inspires. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I, honestly, I just like call my mom because she always says the most absolutely weirdest things. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that works. You, yeah, hey, that's no, one way of grounding. <laughs> like literally, I'm like, yo, what are you saying? Writes everything down. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't know. Oh. And, my, and my brother, too, my brother, he's a cop now, so he's a lot mm. of crazy stories about just like. Oh yeah, mm, so, I bet. Yeah, I bet. So that's pretty cool. So, yeah, that's that is what like yo know, like my 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 mom and I have like a, an incredible relationship. Like, mm. um, what I, what I will say is that I the, like there'll be these moments where she just has this fun. It, she, she's gonna kill me because I know she's listening to the show right now. Um, but <laughs> she'll have these moments where she just gets into these mom moments where it's like it's, it's just her personality just, sh- just shining. Yeah. I'm just like. Just have the most serious look in my face, and and she knows what the look I'm talking about because I'm because I'm her son, damn it. Like so, she knows me. Like so, but it's it's but I when you said that, I said no, I felt I'm like yeah yeah oh yeah, but just what about a couple more minutes left? Um, just just real quick in terms of the documentary. Yeah. Um, once it's completed, because mm. I know because obviously still, there's still some work that's got to be done. Yeah, definitely. Like where would people be able to like watch it? it would, were you posting it on YouTube or? We'll you- see. We'll see. Honestly, yeah, yeah. we'll see. Probably, probably YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll definitely let you know. You can post it out there. Sure. Um, sure. But yeah, no, no paywall. I'm just. It'll, it'll be. It's only five minutes. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I could probably fit that in a TikTok. You'd be surprised. To be honest. You'd, you'd, That's <laughs> actually, that is really true. <laughs> like, 
I'm I, I, mean, I didn't even think about that yeah, actually. TikTok is not even short form anymore. No, give me, no, give me have no, you, 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 you have 10 minute videos. No, 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 you, you, you have short form and long form. Both, yeah. 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 It's not the same though. Yeah, I like I like the short form, like quick, like here's what I gotta say, boom, I'm done. You know I mean, what I mean? That's kinda like how I first built my platform on Twitter where I do these short form videos and I'm just, you know, pumping Bruin fans up like getting ready for like Bruin playoff games. It's like last year, twenty twenty one. But I like long form too because if you want to go, that, yeah. But if you want to go on a long winded rant, you should be able to go on a long winded totally. rant. Totally, agree. I'm, it helps. Yeah. Helps the soul. Oh, oh for sure. <laughs> it's a, it's a soul cleanser. But in all seriousness, though, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me, uh, yeah. Jonathan and, and Lynn. Like for for not only stopping by, but as well as like just spending the last forty, like nearly forty minutes on the on the show, <laughs> just just talking about the documentary Spitball. that's coming up, but also just. Talking about college life, because man, like there are days that I do genuinely miss it. There are days I when I do, yeah. and there are times I'm like, you know what? I don't you miss definitely it. Definitely don't. Especially <laughs> during midterms and finals, I oh, see everybody yeah. studying. I'm like, uh, oh no, I don't miss that at all. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no way. No way. Yeah, that's not it. <laughs> but yeah, but like you guys have social media, and where would you like people to follow you or? Oh yeah, yeah like, sure. Plug, plug, plug your social media. Yeah, so I'm also a photographer. So Ooh, oh, uh, my oh, Instagram yeah. is Lynn Got a Camera. L Y N N got a camera so follow that yes. please yeah. Um, yeah you can just find me on Twitter just look up Jonathan Messer just find me there um yeah, yeah. I tweet like once every 30 days goodness <laughs> grief you're like, you're like so inactive it's not even funny and it's like man you break my freaking soul like <laughs> I like, tweet like random stuff every 30 wait, days I'll follow you right now oh, okay look let's go that. I gotta follow it ex- ex- like, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I follow you two both after the show concludes like but I gotta wrap up the show as yeah. we're now at the end of the program as we got another show coming up right after the Shukri Wright show here on 91.5 FMW MFO in Medford coming up next don't go anywhere. I know you got a busy Wednesday. The Real Horror Show with Chris Earl is coming up next. It's going to be here with you from 5 until 7. It's going to be pretty good. Don't go nowhere. Get rid of the Halloween sweets. It's, it's Thanksgiving's coming up. You've been listening to the Shukri Wright Show, and you're listening to 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford Touch Reform Radio. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. I will talk to you guys again next week. Sayonara. Peace. John. We can't keep putting this off. Okay, I'll clean the gutters. I'm talking about your dad. Well, what can we do? He wants to stay in his house. We can make his house safer. Yeah, I worry about the steps. Perfect world, there are no steps, but he does have steps. And that banister only goes halfway up. And all those little throw rugs are falls waiting to happen. So what about his prescription meds? If he forgets and takes them twice, he could get really dizzy. Right. We could get him one of those daily pill counters. And he should have some sturdy hand grips in the bathroom and shower. This is all easy to do. You know he's a proud guy. He's not going to take all our fussing lying down. That's the idea.